Hi guys, so we are here second part with uh, Katie. So we're gonna go ahead and start our, we left off on mental health and the reason we, uh, I decided to ask her if she would be uh, willing to do a second part was because when it comes to mental health and endometriosis, I think it has a lot that it's linked to it. And a lot of times women are going into depression and um, are being misread by, by their spouses, by their boyfriends or their families. Just Absolutely. And their doctors. Because your doctor will write off a lot of things if they think you're depressed. And it's not that you're depressed. It's that you're going through all this pain. You're going through Right. I mean, it's like I'm depressed because of this condition that's happening to me. This condition isn't happening because I'm depressed. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Or, or just in general. Um, a lot of people do, do have that depression um, coming in for like uh, within their family history or whatnot. But just having to have a chronic disease being been told to them um, makes this 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 mental health issue greater than what it has been so it's like kind of like you already had it if you had mental health problems you had it but just knowing that that you have a chronic disease throws everything off yeah it's a grieving process for me like when you get yes. diagnosed with something it's almost like grieving a death exactly. because you grieve, You have to grieve for the part of yourself that you've lost, that this disease is taking away from you. Yes. And and the way that your life is going to completely change because of it. Yeah, and what you have to do to change. Because you, you the person you were is no longer there, pretty much. Or it, it, it is, but you've you got to forget that part of you yeah or you feel like you can't reach that part of yourself anymore because there's so much in the way I mean pain is in the way anxiety is in the way it's really hard to be able to plan a life when you could be debilitated yeah. tomorrow for the next five days you know and, and in all of this when when you went through all of this uh, work wise like was work something that you um, experience to be affected by having all this these symptoms like you not being able oh, yeah. to stay in the job or I'm going back to so, work and I'm, I'm so scared right now like, I know I, I'm really glad that your work is supportive and understanding though and hopefully when you go back that's going to continue yes hopefully let's, let's um for me, I actually haven't really been able to work for a while, and that's yeah. more because of the fibromyalgia than the endometriosis, although both of them play a role, and again, it's hard to tell sometimes which is worse. Um, but when I was really young, I was a waitress, and when I would have endometriosis, it was almost impossible to work on those days. Um, I remember one day that I was setting up for my shift and I didn't realize one of the other staff had arrived and saw me like double over in pain and try not to vomit because oh I was having endometriosis pain. Um, and he came over and he was like, what's going on? Do you have the flu? And I had to have that like really embarrassing moment of yes. telling a male coworker, I'm not sick. I'm not going to make anyone sick. I have my period. Yeah. And he was like, but you can't work this way. Go home. 
And while I really appreciated that, because I really couldn't work that way, and I appreciated his understanding and support, I lost a day's pay. Yeah, nobody is going to pay for that. Nobody's going to upgrade what you lost. Right, and I lost so many days pay for being in too much pain to work. Over the years, I stopped being able to do any kind of a regular job. Um, I was doing childcare and, and pet sitting for a really long time. Um, that was a little more flexible. Then I stopped being able to reliably drive, and so I had to give up doing childcare. Oh, no. So you, um, you had to stop driving? Yeah, well, I can still drive sometimes, but I was at the time I was having trouble seeing at night, and I was having my pain levels were so high that I was needing to take like semi narcotic pain medications or use cannabis to manage my pain. I see, and I did not feel comfortable driving other people's children around or being the sole caregiver of those children while under the influence of those substances. Yeah, of course. And that's, that's so I had to do. stop doing that work. Yeah, and cannabis is a good way of. Um, I support cannabis for who for those who are listening and would want to try it. Cannabis is a really good way of putting um, um, help your pain instead of taking all these narcotics that are that they are very addictive. Some of them are very very addictive, but um, I can also uh, put up. A, I I have a podcast coming up that it does talk about the benefits of cannabis um but if you can let them know a little bit of your benefits and what benefits do you get from from cannabis oh my gosh well i mean partly because i am allergic to so many medications there are very few that i can take and so cannabis is one that i can take and it treats my pain it treats my anxiety it treats my nausea and stomach issues so instead of taking a narcotic that gives me stomach problems, yeah. I'm taking a pain reliever that also relieves my stomach issues. Um, and I have such a limited number of other things I can use that it's been a godsend to me. And I'm lucky to live in California where it's been legal medically for, I think, since the mid-90s. Um, I know yeah. I got a medical card in, like, 1998, Yes, they do have um, medical cards. And now it's completely legal for recreational use yes. here in California as well. Um, so it has been a huge help to me. And, I mean, I grew up in San Francisco in the 80s. So I was very present in the AIDS ec- epidemic here. Um, I did a lot of volunteer work with AIDS patients. Yes. And I saw the huge difference it made for them with the wasting because what would happen is that they would be on all these medications trying to prolong their lives and having stomach issues and unable to eat any food, but then they could smoke some pot and they'd be able to eat something and keep it down. And that's the reason I use it. I, I use cannabis because I cannot eat. I cannot, I I feel like eating is a chore. Um, Uh eating, I cannot like if I, eat I feel sometimes like I have to throw up and I Mm -hmm. still don't know why um I'm sorry and again I I I hope that at some point you'll keep a food and symptom journal because I was having so many of those problems and I got some allergy testing done to find out that there were some things I was allergic to Mm -hmm. and I kept track of my 
what I ate and the gastric symptoms that I had and figured out a bunch of foods that were causing me gastric symptoms. And I'd try eliminating them for a while and the symptoms would ease and then I'd try eating them again and the symptoms would come back and I'd be like, okay, your fault. I'm not eating bell peppers anymore. You know, like, (laughs) okay. And, and the food journal for people who are listening, did you create that or were you able to purchase that at some, like, like Amazon has them or? Oh, I just used, like, the composition book and, like, each page was a day, you know, and I'd write down what I ate and I'm sorry, but how my poops were and how painful they were and any stomach pain or gas, stuff like that, all those symptoms I'd jot down before going to bed at night. I'd just write down everything I ate and how my gastric symptoms were that day. Okay, because it has a lot to do with it. I think it has a lot to do with your mood as well. If you eat oh, yeah. the wrong food, because, but I, I just don't keep the food journal. I'm going to start doing the food journal. I think it's a great idea for anybody who's listening and has problems with stomach problems. Mm-hmm. Um, I would suggest the other thing I'd really well. suggest is to try a probiotic. Yeah. I've found that they're really helpful for me, whether you get it as a pill, um, preferably one that needs to be refrigerated, or as kombucha or something, or in yogurt, because. They're finding now more and more that the bacteria in your gut are really linked to things like overall health, mental health, and all kinds of things that we didn't realize. Yeah. Uh, I am a little uh, lost on this one. I'm not sure if this is true. Uh, Yogurt and endometriosis, are those two linked together? Is that something we should be avoiding? Are you aware of that? I've never heard that. Now, I know that a lot of people who have, um, like, bowel and gastric symptoms sometimes have issues with dairy. Got it. And so if you feel that you have issues with dairy, you certainly should avoid yogurt. Got it. Um, Although some people who have issues with, like, milk will not have issues with yogurt or cheese because it's cultured. Yes. Um, but if you think dairy is a problem for you, obviously don't have yogurt. Yeah, um, but I've never heard that. that it's, I mean, don't put it up your hoo-ha. Some people say put it up your vagina. Don't do that. Oh, just no, no, eat don't the yogurt. Yeah, no, no. Okay. <laughs> just, oh, no. just eat it. That, that is uh, probiotics. That's what probiotics is for. That's, yes, they go in your stomach, for. not your coochie, okay? Yes. <laughs> No, I I asked the reason I asked, and I was a little bit off, is because I know that a lot of the women who have uh, what are not uh, endometriosis cannot eat yogurt, like or cheeses or any any milk product. I I wonder, and and I wonder a lot of times that can be caused by your gut bacteria not functioning properly. It'll cause you to not be able to digest foods properly. And the things that are hardest to digest will be the things that you can't digest. So things like dairy and fat and yeah. stuff like that. Got it. So that, that's very informational for a lot of the women because a lot I know that a lot of us have those problems. Excuse me. With the the yogurt. Well, not the yogurt, but just the milk itself. I, I, I actually did start the my diet because I have the IC. Um, I started just... Um, introducing foods little by little and I was able to know like what triggers what mm-hmm. but I think that journal would really really help 
Um, well, in the food journal, it's really just another way of doing what you did. I mean, doing an elimination diet where you like eliminate almost all foods and slowly add them back in and keep track yeah. of your symptoms would would be a faster way to get the same information because instead of just monitoring and seeing what you think there's a pattern about, yeah. you're scientifically adding things in. Exactly. But it's a lot harder to do to like completely change your diet and then slowly add things in than to just keep track of what's going on and try eliminating things that you think are a yeah. problem. Yeah, no, tell me about it. I eliminated everything and started like down from zero. It was the hardest thing ever. But I can't imagine. Oh but, my gosh. Yeah, I lost a lot of weight. I was at actually at ninety five pounds. I was at ninety five pounds. And I'm a five 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 six tall. Um Oh my gosh. Yeah, and I'm all I heavy my family's like well built. Um, I would say like seven thunder, not too, not not too skinny, not too fat, but we I've always been um at that one thirty or mm-hmm. so. So being at 95 pounds, you can imagine what it was scary. Like. Oh, my gosh. And, you and you know, you don't feel like yourself when you – I mean, people think, oh, when you lose weight, it's great. Well, no. I was sick for a while and was losing weight, and no one could figure out why. Yes. And I lost a whole lot of weight, and everyone was like, oh, you look fabulous. But yeah. I felt horrible, and it didn't feel like my body. And and with you, you said you would lose weight, correct? You, that's that, is that what yeah. you said? Because a lot of the, I was reading on the endometriosis, it says that you gain weight. And I'm just, and I was lost so on that this because was, I don't gain this weight. was after, so this was after I had been switched to the Marina mm-hmm. um, IUD okay. instead of the regular birth control I had been on. The birth oh. control I had been on was definitely making me gain weight. Got it. I see, I can see how, now I can see how, because I, could, I never used uh, any form of, uh, birth control it was always mm-hmm. my body would always reject it and I know that a lot of birth controls do have uh, the effect that make women gain weight so that absolutely would make, that makes sense that makes it sense. was always a struggle for me with my weight and part of that is genetics because it does run in my family but as soon as I was off of the estrogen producing uh, hormones yeah I stopped like, I started losing weight, and that, that was oh. okay. I wasn't scared about that because I was just sort of slowly losing weight. Yeah. But then there came a point where, like, I was sick to my stomach and couldn't eat solid foods and yes. was, like, losing weight really fast. Like, I lost 40 yes. pounds in a month and a little bit. Um, yeah, and that, that was really scary. And, I, and then you don't feel like your body is yours, or at least no, I didn't. You don't. I, I went through it, and I didn't. I... I still, like, even now, like, I've gained some weight. I'm at, like, what, at 103? I was at 112 at one point, and then it went, like, down to 103 because I couldn't eat again. And it turns out to have, I have the cyst again. They weren't yeah. able to tell me how many I have, but I couldn't, I can't eat. Like, I just can't eat. So they didn't tell do me. Do you ever do meal replacement shakes? Like, I drink an Ensure every morning. I do. I do have the meal replacements because I wasn't able to eat. But yeah, it really helps. Do this. I don't know. I know Aubrey had the cyst. Did you have the cyst in any point? Um, I did. I had, I, I've had ovarian cysts once or twice, but I, I didn't really have a lot of that. I know she has polycystic ovarian syndrome. 
Yeah. See, I'm so wondering. So she gets a lot of ovarian cysts. I'm wondering this um, when the first, when I first heard Aubrey's story, and this is why I started this uh, podcast when I first heard her story. Um, I relate to her story so much that I not I don't want to diagnose myself because I can diagnose myself. I WebMD all the time, but mm-hmm. uh, I was like, I have. I might have what she has. I might have what she has. And and I've been pushing for it. And if I don't have it, that's great. But just because I heard a story that I matched to so well, it's pushing to knowing whether I have something or not. And my doctors are, are listening to me. Um, Good. But, yeah. So I, and, I, found, and I mean, I know that, like, don't go to WebMD and diagnose yourself for every yeah, little thing. Yeah, that's what I was like. But I for, can go everything. But for things like this, like, honestly, I don't know if I would have gotten a fibromyalgia do- diagnosis as quickly as I did. And by quickly, I mean, like, a year. I, I hadn't done my own and, research. And it gave me the fibromyalgia. I'm sorry, what? I went to WebMD and it gave me the fibromyalgia. Well, there's a lot of overlap in the symptoms with endometriosis for sure. Um, And you might have it. I mean, that's on the word. It seems seems like fibromyalgia may, we always have to say these words, may be triggered by severe physical trauma. So a lot of people develop it like after a car accident or. You know what? I've had so many of those. Oh my God. And And so it's entirely possible that you do have both. Oh my god! And I'm sorry. I just went over your, I, like, over your what you were talking. But I just had no, a roll, no. I just had a rolled over not too long ago, and I don't think I've gotten over it. Um, no, that's terrifying. And I, I, and like, it's funny that you mentioned it, but my entire body just feels it. I, I don't know how to sustain it. Uh, my period came in early. Um, it's 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 a lot. It's a lot. And, so whoever's listening, if you have questions, ask me, talk to me. Um, I love talking about this. Message me. I'll give you my number. We can talk. Um, you're not alone. Um, I'm not alone. I know I can message anybody and they'll talk about what was going on. But, yeah, I had a rollover, and it's, it's funny that you mentioned it. Um, all of this, all of these symptoms started after, like, all these accidents and, like, mm-hmm. like the major... The major thing that happened in my life was getting diagnosed. To me, that was that was traumatic. Well, in that moment, really, it can be traumatic. It can also be really gratifying. Like, yeah. it depends on your perspective on it. And it's usually both because a lot of times you've spent anywhere from months to years dealing with something that people kept telling you there was yes. nothing wrong. Yes. And now you finally know there was something wrong. Damn yes. all of you. <laughs> so it can be really like gratifying to be like, ha, I told you. But yeah. then, it, then it sinks in. Oh, wait, there's really something wrong with me. That's yeah. like really real like you and not celebrate, fixable. But you, you, you can't celebrate. Yeah. I remember trying to get diagnosed with fibromyalgia and I remember distinctly getting the lupus test back. It was the last one to come back, and it came back negative and being sad that I didn't have lupus because yeah. it was the last test that was out there that might tell me what was going wrong, Yeah, you know? And that is a really awful feeling to have because <laughs> nobody just, wants yeah. to have lupus. But no, <laughs> I, know, I, know where you're, I know where you're coming from, though. It's like you... you 
you don't want to have lupus, but you don't want to have this last thing that if, if you don't But you want to know what the heck is going on. Yes. Yeah. No. Luckily, uh, a lot of the times now, uh, there's some doctors that are, are listening more than others. Um, did, oh, yeah. um, I think last time we spoke, I don't think we were, were on the podcast. Um, for those who don't know about Nancy Nook, uh, Facebook, um, look her up. And ask for the invite. They have very informational stuff. I actually found a doctor, so I can ha- hopefully I'll be able to find out, be able to uh, hopefully see a gynecologist that can see me and what I have going on. Yay! Yeah, so Finding hopefully. doctors who actually understand yes. endometriosis like as much as we can. Yes. And they have really a list. key. Yes. And so Nancy Nux on Facebook, she has a list of doctors that she that they are approved and they have been doing excision surgery. Um I forgot the other name of the surgery, but it this there's the one where they burn it and there's the one where they actually cut it right from the from the growth. So you want yeah, to I think ablation, ablation is that the other one? Yes, yeah, so you don't want to do the ablation, you want to do the excision. And I believe that the uh, the surgery I had also um, was the ablation. I'm not sure. Uh, yeah. So I'm a little lost as as many of all of us, as many as many sisters are lost. Um, this is why this podcast is here. If you guys have questions, send them in. Please send the questions in. If you want to be a guest, just Tell your story so somebody else can uh, relate to it. Tell your story. Let me know. Um, Katie, uh, I want to know who and what has been your support system throughout all of this. Um, your fibromyalgia, your endometriosis, and everything. Not being able um, to work. Like, all of that. So, my friends and my family have all been pretty amazing. And my, your um, friends, I also... When you say your friends, is that including um, Aubrey? Is that the, the group oh, of, of course she. So she is one of my very best friends for like over twenty years now. Uh-huh. So yes, it absolutely includes Aubrey and two other girls who we all met freshman year of college. It includes a number of other women and even some men in my uh-huh. life. Um, my partner, my family, and I also periodically go to therapy. therapy. I mean, I'm not always seeing a counselor, but like. If I get a new diagnosis or I'm having a particularly hard yes. time with my depression, I'll go start seeing a counselor for a while for, you know, six months, a year or something like that. And yeah. Sort of get me back on track, help me find some new tools to cope with the new challenges in my life. Yes. It makes a huge difference. Um, I don't tolerate medications, okay. so I can't really take them. Uh, I kind of wish I could because yeah. I have a lot of friends who are really helped by SSRIs, um, but I just can't tolerate them at all. So, yeah. some of us are built different. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, those are those are my really big helps. Um, my dog. I mean, I know that sounds silly, but like, no, not at all. You have no. My idea. dog is a huge help. He always hangs out with me when I'm stuck in bed in pain. And, um, because they know and never when you complains get your, about having extra cuddles. They know when you get your pain. They know when before it's, your pain is coming. It's a, it's a Oh, dude. One. My dog knows exactly where you're hurting, and he'll go, like, sniff there and then lean his whole body on it. My boyfriend has four dogs, and when I'm on my periods, they know. Oh, they yeah. Know. If I'm ovulating, they know. There's a dog. Uh, her name is Zozo. 
well, Zoe, her name is Zoe, and she knows if I'm having a bad day as far as mental health or if it's like my period, she'll come and she'll she'll smuggle me and she'll 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 smuggle me so much and I'm just like go away, go away. But they know, and yeah, you can't stop that. You know that you, you can't, can't stop, stop their it. nature. You can't stop it. My nature. dog won't leave me alone when he knows I'm doing badly either. Yeah, there there's something. It's kind else. of amazing. <laughs> it, it is. It really is. If you don't have a pet, just. Anybody, a friend, an object, anything that is men, men, very meantful, meaningful, sorry. Um, I would suggest, um, I heard of building a sanctuary. So if you have a sanctuary, have the essentials that are comfort for you. Your sanctuary, your your heating pack, your candle. Oh, yeah. that, 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 that one candle that smells so great to you. The, um, have some like um, essential oils. Those work really great. Have any, like, um, any reading? I call it my arsenal. Your arsenal. Because then I feel like I'm, like, fighting a battle, you know? There you go. So, there like, you go. And I arsenal. have things, like, like the, a bunch of the stuff you listed and, like, heating pads and mm -hmm. ice packs and yes. medications and stuffed animals and comfy PJs and my favorite bathrobe and blanket. Exactly. Like, all those things that just make you a little more comfortable, like a a bottle of water to keep with you instead of having to have a glass that you can knock over. Like, yes, something that you all can those be little things to help your comfort. Oh, and the other thing that helps my mental health is my plants. I'm yes. one of those crazy yes. plant ladies. I have one, I have a plant that I'm just like, so if this you can't have project. a pet, you could probably have a plant. Exactly. And let me tell you, it sounds dumb, but no. they really are good for your mental health. And you can talk to them, trust me, I talk to them. And, and they, they never know. complain. They know. And they know when you're not <laughs> feeling well because they will get sad. So take a look at everything around you. Everything around you matters no matter what. And just always remember. And thank you, Katie, so much for having me on the show. I would love to have you back on the show, kind of like do an update, like how are you doing? How is everything up going up? Um, Absolutely. I mean, I'm only, I'm only like seven, eight months out from my hysterectomy right now. So... Yeah. So how about we do an update once you um, have healed up? Let me know how everything goes, and we can do a, uh, an update of a podcast. That sounds great. Awesome. Thank you so much for doing this. The, I really hope this podcast is going to reach a lot of women and make differences in their lives. No, thank you so much for being on the podcast. It means the world to me to have anybody share a story such as this one because it is such a personal story that not only, like, if, if you try to talk about it, a lot of people just shut you down. Um, mm -hmm. I bought, um, just for anybody out there, I bought Endo What. I don't know if you, have you heard of Endo What? It's a, no. it's a documentary. Um, I would recommend it. Uh, it's, uh, I, I have the link on my bio, on my Instagram. Mm -hmm. um, on my Instagram, my Instagram is the Endo Says Podcast. If you guys go on there, on my bio, there's the link. There's the Endo What. It's a documentary about um, what what endometriosis is, and I bought a copy for my family so they can actually take a look at it um, and know what I'm going through, the pain I'm going through, and what other linked disease that I'm silent disease that I'm going through. Because I'm sorry, I'm I'm gonna cry, but I know I already cried once during this interview. <laughs> yeah, I know, like just knowing like like the pain that I go through day in and day out, and people not understanding. Uh, you're not alone. 
Yeah, and it's so it's so hard to just keep putting one foot in front of another. And people, yeah. we're so good at hiding things. And people don't know how hard it is yeah. and how it's not just the pain. It's it's having to cancel plans with people you love that you want to see. Exactly. And it's being scared that there's something going on with you that you don't know what it is. And exactly. afraid of whether you're going to be able to support your family because you can't work. Exactly. I mean, there, there are big things going on besides the pain. And the pain is bad enough. Yeah. So hopefully yeah. this video will bring some some awareness to my family anybody who's out there watch the video and know what if i can i'll record it out i don't know how to record it i'm not very savvy but if if there's anything i can do i can probably put up uh, clips up there i i don't know what i can do anything but if you can get your hands on this this video i would highly recommend it it's called end of what and it does educate a lot um, about endometriosis and don't give up please don't give up um if there's anything I can do, um, help anybody, just one person, then my goal has been met. And thank you so much, Katie, for being on the show. And uh, as always, if I can do it, we can do it, I, I, we can do it together. I totally forgot my phrase, but I, there it is. Um, Sisters, we can do this thing together. Yes. Um, That's not your phrase, but I think it's, it's the point. It is the point. And um, I'm sorry. Um, it just gets to me. It's yeah. It's a, it's a disease that 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 does it. It doesn't get the much of the attention. But thank you so much. And until next time, please tune in until the next um, podcast. Um, here we go. Uh, thank you so much, guys, and thank you for everything. And thank you for tuning in, taking the time of day to listening to us ramble about our endometriosis. <laughs> and if you guys have any questions, please email us at the endosis podcast at gmail.com any questions if you would like to tell your story but you don't want to be on the podcast write it out and i can read it out for you thank you <laughs>